0: Hello, welcome to New Books in Sociology, a channel on New Books Network. My name is Michael O. Johnston, and I am a host on New Books in Sociology. I have Pepper Glass, associate professor at Weber State University, with me today to discuss his new book, "Misplacing Ogden, Utah: Race, Class, Immigration, and the Construction of Urban Reputations." Dr. Glass is an ethnographer and qualitative researcher. Dr. Glass's research, uh, research, and teaching include the topic of deviance, social psychology, social movements, race and ethnicity, and urban studies. Thank you for joining me today, Dr.
1: Glass. Yes, thank you for having me. So the um,
0: first question is, how did you um, come about your interest in um, Ogden, Utah, and uh, the study that uh, um, you you did for this book?
1: Well, um, I guess the the real origin of of the book came from actually moving to Utah, which I did nine years ago, and I moved to Ogden. And when I first came here, I was I was kind of amazed. I'd, I'd moved from the center of Los Angeles. I was living near downtown Los Angeles, and you know, coming to Ogden, it seemed like kind of a quaint, working class area. You know, f- fairly diverse. Nothing nothing compared to Los Angeles, but. I kept hearing from people again and again, oh, you want to avoid this area of Ogden, you know, you, oh, this place is the ghetto, this is this is the hood. Um be careful if you come down here. And you know, I w- I went down to those areas and driving through them, I just kind of scratched my head because it just didn't really make sense to me. Like how could people see this place as such a bad place and such a terrible place? So that's really where it came from where I was where I was like wow I want to see how these perceptions come about and how people have such different views than what what I have and and so and and so I was I was interested in this and I think overall my work has always kind of had a spatial element to it looking at places and how places impact people and the influence of that so for example my way back in my master's thesis I did it on a a Local punk house at a college town, and and looked at how people manipulated the space and used the space to set up a community there.
0: Okay, and so you talk about reputations and space, and uh, Ogden, Utah, is having um, negative connotations from members of Utah. Uh, how did how did how did Ogden? So in your research, you looked at Ogden and the history of Ogden. Could you talk maybe a little bit about how it gained the reputation that it has uh, had yesterday and can and in some pieces remains today?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what I found is history was really important for understanding Ogden's reputation. I originally started the project kind of with this this hunch, this, this feeling that I, I, I thought the diversity – which which had come to the city um, fairly recently. There was a there were a lot of immigrants, um, especially Latino immigrants, kind of similar to to what what is going on in the rest of the U.S. You know, you have these movements of people that the research literature calls it new immigrant des- destinations, where these places outside of where, um, especially Latino immigrants generally generally um, have been living which is primarily california texas colorado new mexico arizona and and there's been a spreading out where kind of all every small town kind of has these groups of 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 latino immigrant laborers who are often working in agriculture or things like meat processing plants these kind of undesirable jobs for people so so um i thought that but what what what, what I found out is that Ogden's reputation goes much, much deeper than that. And, and it's been a long round for longer than that. I found references to Ogden being a disreputable place from the 1890s and, and before. So, and, 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 and how this began was um, um, arguably with one event. Um, it's, it's kind of Rare in, in histor- historical studies that you can just say, "Oh, it was just this one thing." But but this is kind of what happened here, and the one event was the coming of the transcontinental railroad in 1869. So, um, if you if you remember from your history class, if you're paying attention, that railroad came and it was joined um, in the center of the country by a golden spike, and that actually ha- came, happened very close to Ogden, just north. West of Ogden and in Promontory Summit, and and then they put the giant um, um, railroad junction in the center of Ogden. They decided to do this, and what what happened there was this introduced all kinds of change to Ogden. So you had um, a lot of people coming in from all over the world, international travelers, but also international workers on the railroad. So you had Mexican laborers. Um um working on the train tracks, you had and and other Latinos, I should say, not just Mexican um you had black um black men working on there, serving the guests, the porters and the waiters. you had um, um Asian people, Chinese people running laundries and other businesses. There was a small Chinatown in Ogden, so a lot of diversity, but also a lot of the worldliness in, in prostitution, in drinking in gambling and drug use that came with these areas, with a lot of travelers coming in. And, and, and because Ogden was this big junction, I should say between um, it, it was kind of the, the gateway to the West coast. So if you were coming to Los Angeles or, or, San Francisco or Portland or Seattle, you were probably traveling through Ogden at the time. So people came through. And and, and, and so this really transformed the tr- town, the, the, the coming of the railroad. And I found a statistic. Someone did a historical study and found, um, I don't know the exact number, but it was a giant number. Even the majority of people who had been living in, in Ogden in 1860 had moved out. And that's because surrounding Ogden is is um, what researchers call the Mormon cultural region. This this area where the Mormon Church, or as it's known officially, is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, um, is is the center of this culture. And so you have the the Mormon Church. Um, the headquarters is in Salt Lake City, which is about. 30, 40 miles from Ogden, Um, you have just these these little kind of suburban areas that are highly Mormon, up to 90% of the population is Mormon. And so you can imagine the culture clash. If you know anything about Mormonism, it's a very, um, um, for lack of a better word, kind of strict religion, where you have a lot of standards of behavior and membership Um, Maybe most famously, you can't drink, there's a dress code, there's a lot of kind of um, um, rules to follow in order to to be a member. And, And then you have, contrasting this very broadly, is Ogden, which is just this wild kind of party area with drinking, drugs, prostitutes, you know, all these things that Mormons are against. And even, you know, um, one thing about the Mormon culture is it's very homogenous. It likes, it's very conservative. It, it likes to keep things the same and and likes kind of standards and values and sees those things as timeless. And then you have the diversity, cultural diversity and difference and, and allowing of these vices and, and other um, deviance to happen in Ogden that that really reinforces the difference from the rest of Ogden, and and I argued that this echoes into the present day. That that still today you see these echoes of what happened in 1869, the coming of the railroad. That Ogden is still much, very much a diverse place. It's very much a working place, working class place. I would argue that that a lot of the deviance that it gets blamed for now is is not there. The open deviance, even though a lot of people still believe it. Is so you have this this diversity of cultures and people and and practices, and that this really contrasts with the surrounding culture of this ho- homogeneity of the Mormon culture re- region.
0: And, and do you think that is a product of collective memory? I know you get into collective memory uh, a bit in your book, um, citing mm. Gary Fine with sticky reputations, Gary Allen Fine with sticky reputations, and then. Um there are several other sociologists that have uh that have d- dove into this topic of of collective memory. do you think that has an influence on how Ogden is still perceived by outsiders
1: um man um <laughs> i'd say that's a tough question and and I didn't really look at that i'd I'd say there's there's definitely something going on with this kind of, I mean, one thing that the collective memory is about is the transference of ideas, right, from yes. one culture to the other. So, for example, the trauma of a past generation is still being felt or still influences future generations. I I, I believe that's what is happening. I, but I guess I would say m- my argument is not really that it's it's that these things are, are are being continued by differing levels of status where you have these divisions of kind of the deviant and the reputable, the reputable and the disreputable, the good and bad people and, and people are making those divisions and that's how that carries on. So you have the people who want to see themselves as good. um, And Mormons certainly want to see themselves as good. um, Dividing themselves from who they see as bad. Right. And then the bad people um, wishing to, to unite with that. Right. And, and kind of lose their stigma. And, and I argued that it's more, that's kind of the relationship and a relationship of power where these divisions come about through that, through these, these struggles with people to define themselves as good and, and fight off a a deviant status.
0: A uh, socially stratified community, which leads us into this uh, next question of, of Ogden, Utah, transforming into maybe a, a tale of two cities do you uh, did you see that in your research as as uh, Ogden, Utah, has um, further developed and grown? And uh, I think you mentioned Old Ogden and, and New Ogden. Um, um yeah, um, the twenty twenty fifth Street and Grant Street, particularly as being a a divider. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, what 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 you what I found is is there was a division. I've been talking about this division between Ogden and. The surrounding region right the the yes. this idea of diversity and 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 um and kind of lower status in Ogden versus the homogeneity and upper upper, upper status too I didn't mention that, that that Mormons tend to be um have more income they tend to be white they kind of have the markers of privilege not not all of them obviously, but I'm talking in general and but i I discovered that there was actually another level of this where within Ogden, there were these similar divisions. So you had, you had, and it really went between east and west. So to the west of, of, of a division, and I'm going to speak about that in a second, that, that you have, um, industrial areas of town, you have the residents are mostly lower class and people of color, and especially Latino immigrants, as I've been saying. And then to the east. you have higher class people. It's a primarily white area. It's where, um, a lot of the professors at, at Weber state here where I am live. Um, there it's actually where the school is and, and, and where there isn't residents, there are green areas and parks, not the industrial areas of the West and, and the division and, 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 and residents openly spoke, speak about this. There's a there's a very clear division and they, they talk about it as Harrison Boulevard, this, this dividing line that divides kind of, and they, they even speak in these moral terms of the good areas and the bad areas of the city. So you have um, people say like, oh, you know, be careful going to the bad area of Ogden. You know, that I had one interview even, even said like, oh, if I go to that area, I'm going to bring a gun because. Because I'm worried, you know, and again, like me coming from L.A., I'm kind of scratching my head like what this area, you know. And and again, to tie this in with the history, um, this emerged historically. The west side of Ogden was where the railroad junction was. It's where the industry surrounding that came about. It's where the workers who worked on the railroad, the porters and waiters in the black community, they were. They were segregated into this area of West Ogden and and they couldn't live outside of that. That all emerged historically and it carries on. You have this area of town that kind of built up and 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 came about as a diverse and working class area and it and it remains that. And it's seen, not coincidentally, as the bad part of Ogden.
0: Now you write about uh, the significance of insider's and outsider status in the construction of Ogden's disreputable identity. Are there uh, is there value as well as consequence in maintaining such an identity of um, West West Ogden, particularly?
1: Um, i um well, <laughs> that's a that's a complicated question because I think West Ogden, um you know the people in in interviews you know spoke about people who lived in those areas s- s- they were very proud of Ogden and and proud of areas of Ogden you know they they said oh people think this is a bad place but they're wrong right and 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 you had latino immigrants were especially even though they were especially stigmatized they were especially celebratory they didn't they didn't speak about this these areas negatively at, at all they didn't draw these boundaries and, but, but at the same time, people know that this status, um, is, is damaging to them that, that, you know, if you live in the, what other people see as the ghetto, they're going to think less of you there. There's a stigmatization to that, 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 that you're, you're looked down upon. And so what you also see is, is, is this kind of resistance or challenges to this view from the people who are the insiders the people who live in these areas and they really contest these divisions and they seek to unite with other people they don't um really argue that that oh yeah we're the ghetto we're horrible people you know they they don't um necessarily carry on that status they they are challenging it um and and you saw that with between Ogden and the surrounding area but also within Ogden where you have um people who live in these areas that are seen as the ghetto, the the west side of Ogden, um, challenging that, but others saying, "Oh, yeah, there's this divide, and that's the bad area of Ogden." So you you have these divisions of status that reflect differing views of things that that, and that's kind of my argue main argument there, or at least one of them in the book that reputation is a reflection of levels of status, and Ogden's reputation is not just from As kind of people generally think, including um, urban studies or urban planners and and people who study cities, they just argue that, oh, areas are bad because they have bad things going on there. There's crime, there's graffiti, there's buildings that are falling down. And and that's, you know, that reflects people think, oh, that's a bad place because of that. And I argue "Eh, not so fast. You know, obviously conditions are important and influential, but, um, that, that, that there's more going on to this that, and you see that in Ogden with, with people looking at the same thing and seeing two different things. And I argue this has to do with status. So you, if you are an insider living in these places and you are lower status, you're looking to unite with people. And, and one way you do that is saying, oh, we, we live in a good place. You know, this is, this is, you know, not contesting those divisions between good and bad places. And at the same time, um higher status people are are looking to divide mm-hmm. divide themselves. And and they do that partly by seeing themselves, you know, they're oh, we have the good schools, we have the good neighborhoods, we're safe, those kind of things. Um, we're not like those other people who live over there and have the bad schools and the bad places and the gangs and the drugs and and, and whatnot. So so this is about status and and keeping your status.
0: Yeah, status maintenance, and maybe this would be a good time to talk a little bit about East, uh, East Utah, uh, East Ogden, Utah, and what is, uh, uh what it is that they value uh, about that area that they are trying to maintain uh, in terms of their status and uh, uh, the value of the properties that exist there.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- that's one thing that this isn't. You know, I I think there's often a kind of dehumanizing of people that are like oh these are monsters or people in power are do awful things which they often do but i i i would argue there's there's a lot of interest to people that they want to preserve things they want you know if if they lose status it's going to reflect badly on you and them so they really want to fight against those challenges to their status and i'm not saying you know th- this is understanding not approving of these kind of views. So they'll say, oh, you know, we want to have the good schools and be seen as the good place. You know, we want to be seen as having good houses and good community and we have good kids and, and especially, you know, we are good people. And so there's an aspect of identity behind this where people define themselves by the places they live. They say, oh, we're good people because we live in a good place, you know, and, and, but at the same time, that comes with the cost of you, you define people in the bad places, you know, as having the absence of what you have. So you, you, you know, you say, Oh, those are those people, they are in the bad place. They are not like us. And so through defining yourself as good, there's, there is, there is this, this um, construction of who is disreputable. And those are the people who are the the insiders of Ogden that are or the insiders of any kind of disreputable place, the people who live in these places seen as bad are, are stigmatized and seen as bad people.
0: Yes. In order for there to be uh, insiders, there have to be outsiders in order for there to be a God, there must also be recognition of a devil. I
1: exactly. Uh, uh,
0: I found that quite interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and I should add that this this is really kind of classic um, social construction of deviance from from sociology the the uh, it's often called labeling theory or 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 uh, what's the other term for it um, um, but but these ideas of drawing boundaries between people and, and defining good and bad this this is kind of a classic um, thread of theory in sociology and I, I just a, um, my contribution is applying it to pl- places which which, surprisingly hasn't been done. Not as far as I know.
0: And you mentioned not only that uh, was this applied, you you also uh, applied to East Ogden and the division between East Ogden and the outside regions of that area, but you also uh, even mentioned that there is a social stratification within the um, Mormon church, also known as the Ah, uh, Jesus Christ Church of Latter Day Saints. About how uh, there's even an insider outside reputa- reputation there of individuals being from Utah, particularly being from Salt Lake City, known as a Zion uh, of some sorts. Uh, could you maybe talk a little bit about how social stratification occurred with even uh, uh, even within this church?
1: Yeah. Um, well, as I, I, I mentioned, the the Mormon Church is is really central to understanding the culture of the area. And I I would argue also Mm -hmm. explaining, you know, how Ogden got its reputation and, and, but it's kind of interesting in another way, because it really shows how the boundaries between good and bad can, can flip and, and change and, and are, are, are ever kind of shifting and, and depending on the perspective of people, which is kind of ironic for a, for a, more or less fundamentalist church who says, you know, I have the truth about good and bad, but, but that's kind of what I found And, and, and so you have um, this, this kind of group of people, I called it the Mormon bubble, this Mormon cultural region who are the insiders who have grown up. They often have um, multiple generations ties. They go back, you know, they, their people are named after former Mormon people. There are a lot of really interesting, unique names around here, partly because of that, And, and, and it's fairly, you know, there, there are a lot of, as I spoke about earlier, there are a lot of standards. It's, it's fairly insular. And I think what you were referring to in your question is, is even to the point of it's insular to the point of excluding other Mormons. So people come from out of state and kind of say like, whoa, I don't feel a part of this culture because it's, you know, people, it is, it is so tied up here. And, and, and that has actually shifted over time. That 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 Mormonism has transformed. That whereas in the 1800s, it was it was really a a, a stigmatized and even persecuted religion. So you had um, the founder of it, the, the the main prophet, Joseph Joseph Smith, was actually murdered in um, it was at Illinois um, in, in the Midwest, and then they they moved out west. Toward that, Because of that. And, and so they were really seen as deviants. Um, most people know kind of sexually because they practiced polygamy and they wanted to practice polygamy in the act. And then but also um, there's an interesting history book called Religion of a Different Color that speaks about how um, Mormons actually became racialized, that they were seen as an ethnic group. And then and then they actually had the campaign to become white. Um, so just like they gave up polygamy to become part of the us, the the state had to had to say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna outlaw polygamy before they became part of the US. They also had to to kind of switch and fit u.s. standards of whiteness and and be seen as these upstanding people that they are today. And maybe even the, the book argues too upstanding because they kind of adhere, adhere to these values to the point where they they kind of toe the line of what is traditionally quote unquote American to the point where, where they keep that even past where the rest of the U S is, is kind of moving and changing their cultural waters. So for example, um, you know, I mean, these are kind of famous, notorious examples, but, but in the 1970s, you had, you know, the civil rights movement kind of flowed through and, and, you know, racism, open racism was seen as really deviant. but, but Mormons in part to campaign to become white had outlawed, um Black men from becoming priests in the church, but they and then they switched course, and there's kind of a similar thing happening today with with l g b t where 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 the country is kind of moving in that direction, and the church is kind of you know they're they want to stay traditional quote unquote as um in their culture and they they're not kind of shifting with the times um to that point, so it's kind of interesting they campaign to become American, but then they become to American. And this really shows how deviance can switch, that 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 what is good and bad can really switch and 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 those lines can really blur there.
0: Yes, the fluidity of reputation and how it can how how it can change and transform over time uh, based on external environmental factors. Mm Well, it looks like um we're nearing the completion of uh, of our interview. Um, okay. but now might be a good time to talk a little bit more about uh what you're working on now and and where you see this uh see this this research going uh as you continue on with your with your studies into the future.
1: Mhm. Well, um right now I guess maybe true to form to a qualitative researcher who kind of goes where um the 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 story is versus kind of picking one path. Uh, I, I'm right now part of a team looking at retention of first generation students at, at Weber state. So I've really switched gears and, and switched into educational research right now that that's where I am um, as, as well as finishing up this project. So, so I'm looking forward to kind of finding there and, and taking on a new challenge there. Um, and, and, and that, um, I, I wouldn't say I'm done with looking at the reputations of cities or, or r- urban work, but but that's that's where life has taken me at this point.
0: I'm extremely fascinated by that. At, at the university where I teach, uh, hmm. it is a, a largely first generation uh, student co- university as well. Um, it, is Weber State drawing a lot from Ogden, or or where is the uh, where is the vast majority of the students coming from?
1: Uh, they, this, it's mostly a commuter school, meaning that people kind of drive in, um, and, Mm -hmm. and, and generally leave leave at home. There, there are very few dorms there. So, so it, it it is people from the region. Um, and again, you, you kind of have those challenges of, of not only Ogden, but kind of the culture that, that we're, we're exploring. So you have a lot of first generation working class, um, students, there' are a lot of um, diversity in in race, uh, gender, those kind of things, and then the, there's the Mormon culture, which is kind of a, a strange kind of it. It, it almost um, I I wouldn't say it, it clashes with college, but there are some features of Mormonism, especially the, their their tradition of mission going on a mission for two years in your you know late teens, early twenties. That really is that clashes with the time when you're supposed to be in college. So you, so, so you have those difficulties of kind of, you almost have to choose between your education and, and your religion there. So, so we do have a lot of students um, and along with the first generation and the working class and, and what you call non-traditional students who are older students because of this, It's, it's really a unique population here. So yeah, it's, 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 there's a lot to dig into.
0: And the geographic features of Utah, um, most people who aren't familiar with the landscape wouldn't realize that uh, Utah is mostly rural. When we think of Utah, we often think of uh, Salt Lake City.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a it, it's interesting that that you have, you know, that even even geographically in, in the north, you have it's almost like plains looks a lot like Idaho which probably doesn't help most listeners, but, but a lot of grassland and mountains. And then to the South, it looks like Arizona, you know, because it leans into there and becomes the red rock comes out. So yeah, there, there's a lot of difference and, and a lot of um, deserts. You have the Bonneville salt flats and that. So yeah. Yeah. But, but Northern Utah where, where the school is, is, is pretty, is pretty, I, I wouldn't call it urban or suburban somewhere in that line there.
0: Well, I look forward to to the research that you do on first generation students, and uh, um, I hope to uh, either have the opportunity to read a, the next book that you write uh, on <laughs> first generation students, or the articles that come out of this. Uh, your research is excellent and, and uh, brings uh, large, vast amounts of uh, growth within within a university, but across universities. I, I think uh, scholars we should be learning from each other as well as from our own research.
1: Mm absolutely yeah
0: so again thank you for your time dr glass again this is new books in sociology a channel on the new books network and i look forward to talking to you again in the near future yes thank you so much